Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, this is Dean Hawk. Thanks so much for joining us in this month's Leadership Podcast. I'm really excited because today, if you're not watching on video, uh, on audio, I've got my beautiful wife, Kim, here. Welcome, Kim. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, this month, I am pulling her in, and uh, she's going to anchor a lot of this because this is an area of her expertise. Um, she functions, uh, she's co-pastor of the church. She functions on our executive team, but she is our chief financial officer and has a background and experience prior to ministry in banking, and that has also paid off. And to, in this month's podcast, we are talking about Stop the Steal. You say, what are you talking about? We're talking about creating the checks and balances, the oversight to prevent the misuse of of finances in the local church. It all, I want to say, though, although it sounds great, oh my gosh, he's got a spouse who's done banking and all of that, I will say that a lot of this that I'm going to talk about, it comes with its own challenges in that, um, how could that be perceived maybe by people within the church? Great. One guy does all the preaching and she does all the money. That sounds a little, right? Convenient. <laughs> right? So um, there are a lot. Of, that's one of the reasons I think we've tried to be super careful. And some of these things that I will address will be based on actually that premise. But it's that since the church has grown, it's really uh, the, these checks and balances have so, been good. So hopefully you have somebody you trust. But here's what I'm going to tell you I have heard over and over again for almost 40 years of ministry. The misuse, the abuse of donated funds, of church funds, of everything from pastors having open expense accounts and they do and choose and buy personal things, ministry things. There's no over, oversight or accountability. Um, as far as um, pastors opening credit cards, no checks and balances on what they spend. I've heard years and years ago when I was traveling that uh, this, was, this was ingenious, but the woman that was over writing all the checks, she would, um, the pastor would sign a check for the missionary. And so he had that and he would sign a check for the missionary check going out that month. Well, what she would do is they had multiple missionaries is she would rotate the missionary and they wouldn't get a check that month. And then she would destroy that check, write another check, and use the pastor's stamp, his signature, to write a check for the exact same amount to her. Well, the missionary missed a month. They didn't say, hey, where's my check? And so um, she had stolen over $100,000. And so there's all kinds of things that have happened. So what I'm going to turn Kim loose is we're just going to go through a couple areas. Don't tune us out. Maybe share this podcast with your finance department. But let's talk first and foremost about the first thing that happens is money's coming in, the offerings. What do we do to handle that securely and accountability-wise? 
So we have adjusted, maybe some of you have and haven't, we have offering boxes. So we don't actually pass the bucket like we did for years and years. But with the offering boxes, whether it was that, that it was passed, the offering buckets were passed, when the money comes back, it's always counted and immediately is followed, counted by two unrelated people. For us, one of those people is a staff member, but we actually do have a count team. So the money's just put out and, and, it's, and it's counted. Now, there is less and less cash so it's interesting, um, even when you, we have our insurance and they say, what's the most amount of cash could ever be in the building that could be stolen? It's like less and less almost every year. Like than what, what would it used that be, be for us? Is that a thousand, two thousand? Um, I think very rarely is there more than two thousand. A thousand okay. is more, but I mean, there could be an option where there would be up to three. Because truly, if you think about it, checks are going to be very difficult. So if, if you stole a check, you can't really do anything with it. So we're more worried about the cash. So it's counted by two unrelated people. For us, one of them is a staff member. Let, let me interject there. And it's in a secure room that has cameras. security cameras. Right. There's cameras all over our building that we could pull up. But even if you don't have that, at a minimum, have it in your count room. And it is in a location where most people, almost nobody knows where that is. So um, we have also on occasion had to put it and, and, and not take it right to the bank that day. Usually after a service, for us at Sunday afternoons, it's taken just the cash at least, is taken into the bank deposit. If it's gonna stay on the premises, which occasionally it, it does, that is located in, in, a, in another secure area and it's bolted to the ground in a safe. We had a church here in town that um, was on the news and they were broken into and the offering was stolen on a Sunday night uh, before a Monday. And what's interesting is it, it was, was in a filing it cabinet. It was in a filing cabinet. All right, so I'm no genius, but I think a crowbar would open a filing cabinet. So be sure it's something that's secure and bolted to the ground. So we deposit the cash right away. The cash in the building is always counted. For us, then the checks the next day are processed and, um, and then taken to the bank. Again, we're very careful about the way we do that, but that is not as much a two-person job. The cash is more what we're concerned about. Um, all monies are collected from the offering boxes, again, by two unrelated people. Not one person goes to the offering box. This sounds like a gimme. Surely any, everyone understands this, but um, don't do it during a high traffic time of your lobbies. So, right. And what we have, when we call offering boxes, uh, some people have them bolted to the wall at the back of their auditorium or maybe in their lobby. We went to displays to go and it's actually a tall, self-standing ballot box that we converted uh, for, for our offering use. You'd be hard-pressed to pick one of those up and carry them away, and they're in high-traffic visible areas. Um, and I recognize that um, what's humorous is when she says, we talk about account room and, and all of that, I, as the senior pastor, I don't even know the code to get in the count room. <laughs> I, I know where it's at. I do not know the code to the safe. Um, we've got checks and balances there. But I realize that some of you are listening. You are the senior pastor. You are the CFO. You are the accountant. And you're doing all of this. And that's where I want to jump in um, to some of these, the use of the finances of how can you as a pastor protect yourself from a false accusation. Right. That um, And it's just the checks and balances to stop the steal from a staff member or keep you honest or keep your integrity held at a level. So let's talk about cash. Um, the petty cash can be in. We need petty cash, not as much, but 
So we, we keep only $500 and it, we really don't even go through it too often, but that is for us to reimburse, um, expenses and for us our limit is 50 bucks if it's less than 50 dollars and someone had it otherwise we write a check to them but that just keeps us from writing a 20 dollars where check. would our staff use petty cash or church members or it's what not, is that it's not often um our staff members because most of our staff why well, i say most um our department heads have a corporate credit card this would be for something other than okay. that let's say craigslist someone wants to go buy something on go. craigslist we require them to print out the ad then we even give them the money in advance because someone wants cash, right? When they go buy something, they might dicker on it. They're asking 200 Well, we got it for this much money. So then they will, um, that'll be the receipt for it. But we'll use petty cash for something like that. Or, well, we have met, we have some awesome people who will supply breakfast or what have you. And they'll That's turn true. in a receipt. They will go to the store and buy some groceries and turn in a receipt for $24 or whatever. We might would just, we'll just use petty cash unless it's something, a larger amount. We love shopping on Craigslist, we bought our outdoor, a preschool was closing, and we bought an outdoor huge jungle gym set. Now, we did take a couple thousand dollars there, we got that, but uh, we, we love finding deals on Craigslist. So, anyway, in that, in that situation, wrote a check to cash, got, got cash from the bank, but... Um, Okay, so we've set up our board. We have a board treasurer who functions. And one of the things that Kim does is works with Craig. So we refer to Craig as our treasurer on our board. Is we've done multiple things with, with our board in general and with our treasurer to uh, set up the checks and balances for us and the oversight. So walk us through some of those things. These can be done monthly. Most of these are done quarterly. Some of these are actually only done annually. So things that my board treasurer signs off on, that Craig signs off on, would be all any bank statement reconciliation that the finance department does. So if you are familiar with the bank statement reconciliation, maybe you're not, but it just kind of tells I'm you. I'm not, so don't feel bad, pastors. So what, what comes in and what goes out, deposits and, and debits, but there are copies of every single check. Now, I will also tell you that many of us use bill pay now, and uh, all, of our, our, all of our payroll just goes directly into someone's account, so there aren't checks. But um, it would be a little harder with the checks maybe these days or easier uh, without the, the copy. So there's a copy of those. So I be sure, I mean, Craig looks over every single, the checks and make sure maybe he has a limit in his head, everything over 500 bucks. He'll look and make sure that the names on there, that there aren't our names on those on again and again. Um, any checks other than payroll, which payroll again, aren't checks, they're automatically deposited. Any checks that we write to or that the finance department writes to us for instance like let's say they are reimbursing us for something because we have done where we've pulled out of our personal bank account over the say. weekend yeah we well we bought something on craigslist or um i purchased something for the church and i thought i was using the church card and i used my personal card you know it was a right. hundred bucks and i needed to be reimbursed was well, one of the things i know she does do is she will even email craig in advance not just waiting for him to catch it there and say, hey, Dean misused, he used our personal card. I am writing a check, just want it, you'll see it in the But he actually, I, I actually pull him aside. So any checks written to us, if okay. we were to go to a conference and there's a per diem that we write to us, any, any checks to us okay. that we write that are other than payroll, even if it is a reimbursement, I tell him why, but I be sure and pull them out so that he can look through and sign off on those. Um, that we do a payroll summary report. So I do this annually, but 
That way, not only does the board set our salary, but they see that that's what we took. So the annual salary report, I do that. I also do it for any family members of Dean's and mine that work for the ministry. So um, we think that anyone that has the last name of Hawk, or if you were to have or a is related to us. son-in-law, daughter-in-law, or cousin, or whatever, right? So we have them look at the salary report for each of those people. Then the other thing is we have corporate credit cards. So Dean has one and I have one, but any family member that has one, again, he has to put his initials every single month on those corporate credit and card reports. And he is reviewing every purchase because my goal is I want to be able to stand with confidence and say um, it'd be very, very hard. Now, you can always beat the system, right. but it'd be very, very hard for us to cheat or steal. Not that we want to, but... I, I, I got to throw this out. One pastor I know of, this came out in the last couple of years, um, he had free Willie of the church credit card. Not a board member approved it, saw it. It They didn't know what he spent it on. They just saw the credit card bill this month was 10000 Credit card bill this month was 9000 So... The, the board signs off on that, but he also sees what our housing allowance is. Now, I will say that in our annual at our annual board meeting, the entire board votes and does, which everyone probably knows this, they have to sign off on your housing allowance. The thing you may not know is that anyone else that receives a housing allowance, of course, also has to be signed off on, but you can designate a person. We found it in, in, important, and so I am designated to sign off on the other ministers, licensed and ordained ministers on staff. That makes it a lot easier because things do come up in the middle of the year it might not be the same in January for them. If they were to buy a house or whatever, right. you don't have to go back and have a board meeting. I can sign off on something. We, we tell them no more than one time a year. Can you do that? But okay. we certainly allow that. So um, the other thing is our entire board gets a quarterly profit and loss statement, which is budget versus actual, so that they can kind of see how we are. Otherwise, if you wait a whole year, what a big surprise. Now, for us, they don't really want to see that monthly. They're good with that quarterly. I would suggest that you ask your board how involved they want to be on that. So now and talk about credit cards. All right. Our credit cards. We have about, I think there's nine people maybe on staff that have credit cards. Um, They're all reviewed by somebody. Not only just... Describe that. Well, not only just to make sure that they aren't stealing or, or misusing, but we've had a, we've had people misuse them and, and buy dog food and all kinds of stuff that wasn't related. We don't have a, you know, have that on staff. I, I, I got to share one because it just keeps it real. Um, here's where, here's where a staff member might justify something. Um, a staff member was going to the grocery store and they're buying, we were seeing on a weekly basis that they're spending about 70 to 90 bucks a week, nothing large, but they're buying groceries. And we said, the, the person over them said, Hey, what is this for? We see you're doing this. Well, I'm having team members over from their department. They were having them over. Well, when the when the the manager uh, team lead pressed a little bit, who are you having over and how many people? They were having over four to five Friday nights in a row, the same family with the same kids, and it was feeding their family, and and then there was some misuse, and that's having your friends over. That's not a church expense. Right. That's a friend expense. Right. Right. And it may still be someone who works in your department. So we have department heads who look at everyone. So I, I review two, I think, um, credit card reports, and then um, they review the others. And there are, and sometimes it's not that it's misuse. It's just that it's not being categorized accurately. So we always check on that. I want to jump in that something that's huge that helps us is to know what it's for 
describe what we use with Expensify and how they fill that out so that we know what this charge was for, who well, they were they with. Well, they just categorize every single one. It always goes to something in a chart of accounts. Well, it, so, they might not know about Expensify. So I think we've talked before on a podcast, but maybe not. So Expensify is something that we use that is a, they can get as an app on their phone. It's about 10 bucks a person, maybe 12, uh, that has a credit card. And you can just take a picture of the receipt, and then it automatically syncs in for my QuickBooks so that all of my chart of accounts are on there. And they just click and go, this is the correct chart of accounts, and I only give them access to the ones that they would need so that happens and then there's a place for a description so if I go to coffee with someone even I do this I hit that it's that what type of an expense it is and where it goes but under my description I even say the person's name then I can crumple up that that's receipt the big thing and throw You're it away. not tracking down a bunch of people I, I can't find the receipt and I I will admit I would lose receipts and now the first thing I do is I just click it okay. and categorize it the other thing that we have heard, and I've heard about it with two different companies, you know how you get in the mail all of those credit card applications. This is all, we're already pre-approved and all of that. We personally get them. The church also gets those. And I found that two other churches that I know of, decent sized churches too, they had employees that went and, and filled those out on mm. behalf of the church. The church didn't know. So I was trying to think, well, how do you be careful of that. So I'm having someone look this down now, but I believe there is a TransUnion and the different credit card companies, I mean, the different um, credit check and credit reporting companies that you can actually pull something up, which would be great. That would show me if I did that twice a year or something. Especially of your finance department people. Right. That would show me whether or not there was a credit card on there that I didn't know about. But if there's a credit card on there, then that means they've got to be paying it from someplace. Heard of another church that they went and one of somebody opened up um, at a different bank. So you don't even know if you're not getting all the bank the bank statement reconciliations. Because you didn't know that account existed. Exactly. But maybe that happened. Just remember that a bank's pretty careful. You're going to have to have articles of incorporation, maybe bylaws, and it's going to have to be an officer of the company. So be very careful who your officers are. Who you choose to give that authority to. Right. So... Um, a few things. Try to keep the salaries and benefits. We, I think ours this year were the low 30%, maybe 35% of our entire income or less this year. Um, some people go as high as 50%, but we try to do the third, a third, a third. So we try to have a third-ish payroll. Some of our building expenses, about 30%. We do give away 10%. One thing I want to tell you that we do um, as that a has church, been helpful as a church. So of our income, we give away 10%. So what I've done in the past and I'm currently doing is every Every single week, every time we make a deposit, 10% of it goes into our outreach fund. It automatically goes in there. So I never feel like mentally I'm working with, if you say my, my whole deposit was $10,000, well, then I would go, I'm working with 9000 because only a <laughs> 1000 right. of it went into my outreach account. We do use. what we do for the church, what we do personally. That's the way we make sure that we're honoring God with our tithe and offerings and beyond is we want to we wanna make it a first fruits. And so our missions, what I would say our big picture missions is local outreach, helping local people, assisting uh, members with, with needs and physical needs that they might have. Uh, we support several national ministries and then our international missionaries that we support all comes out of that one fund. It's just easier when it's already in another account and, uh, and that's, that's 
just something that you might want to suggest or consider. Two more things and then we're done. Um, we set our operating budget based on just our tithes and offerings from the previous year. So 2021's budget was set on actually what was brought in, not building fun, not someone who gave to Dare to Care, not, not someone who PPP. gave to missions, not our, right? not our PPP, none of that. It was set on our income from our tithes and offerings from the previous year. Just a suggestion. And then the last thing is um, we have an agreed amount upon with the board. If we were to spend more than a certain amount of money, it's going gonna, it's gonna to increase as the church grows and as your income grows. But you may have something as little as 1500 bucks. You may have 10000 or you may have $50,000. But there probably should be some sort of limit that you set with the board so that if you as the lead pastor spend more than that money on either a combined project or sure. an individual purchase, which might be a piece of equipment or furniture or whatever. We do that as well if we were to sell something, a large asset. Um, the board is aware of that. I try to be careful so that I don't overdo it with the board, but give them enough information that they feel like they're involved. So hopefully these things have helped you. Um, if nothing else, they've just jogged your memory a little bit, or that's good, but I can check on that. So Here's what I like to do is, uh, well, two things. I want to jump in one thought. Um, I would be extremely careful uh, about having pastors about having a signature stamp. It's a little bit old school, but uh, that is not something I would rather have another authority figure. So uh, on our accounts, Kim and I are authorized to sign checks, and then we've got two or three of the board members are authorized. But no other staff is. But no other staff is authorized. So if we're out of town on vacation, um, we're either making sure bills are getting paid and signed, um, or a board member. Or they a board, have to call a board member and they come inside. A board them. member comes in. And it's just it's just a, a, a safety net. Every time I sign checks, there is behind it, the person brings what, what it's being spent for. I don't sign that many checks. I don't even know that I signed 20 in a month because so much stuff is automated, automated right? But even if you have to sign them, I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be worth those few minutes doing that and not having that stamp. Sure. And so I didn't ask her permission, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, Kim's email is her uh, first initial, the letter K, and then her last name, K-H-A-W-K, at rockfamilychurch.com. And that is the key to pretty much all of our staff is first initial, last name, at rockfamilychurch.com. I'd be glad to share any information or yep. whatever. Uh, give, the, give the church a call. We'd be glad to help you out. Share any information that we can to stop the steal at your church, help you function on a high level of integrity. Amen. And so we wish you guys the best. Check out deanhawk.com. We're always releasing my latest sermon series that will be uh, made available to you as we complete them, we post them. And so please share this with your team, share this with your board members, share this with um, uh, anyone, other pastors that you feel it would be ben beneficial to them. We love you guys. God bless you. Email me, dean at rockfamilychurch.com if you have any questions, I'd be glad to answer them as well. Thank you for listening Thank and you. watching. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.